Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Since you've been standing for the gospel reading and the uh, creed that we just sang in the form of a hymn, I'm going to just read the introductory part of the text. Then I'll have you be seated and I'll continue with the rest of the text. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley which was full of bones. He had me pass through them and go all over among them. There were very many on the valley floor and they were very dry. You may be seated. And we'll continue with a reading from Ezekiel chapter 37. He said to me, Son of man, can these dry bones live? I answered, Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God said, says to these dry bones. I am about to make breath enter you so that you will live. I will attach tendons to you. I will put flesh back on you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you will live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling, as the bones came together, one bone connecting to another. As I watched, tendons were attached to them, and then flesh grew over them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind that this is what the Lord God says. From the four winds come, O wind, and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Breath entered them, and they came back to life. They stood on their feet, a very, very large army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They are saying, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We have been completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them that this is what the Lord God says. My people, I am going to open your graves and raise you up from your graves and bring you back to the soil of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. I will settle you on your own land, and you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. So far the text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are today observing the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent, these Sundays in the season of Lent, as we follow our Savior making his journey to Calvary, where he will sacrifice his life on the cross, these Sundays are set aside to remind God's people that journey to Calvary is not a journey of defeat, but one of victory. And so the Sunday sermons tend to focus on Christ victorious, even as he is making his way to that cross on Calvary. Today in the Gospel reading, we heard the account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. In the epistle reading for the day, it was interesting because it really talked about two kinds of death. It talked about physical death and God raising up 
people and making them alive again, that that is his ultimate plan on the last day, but it also talked about him pouring out his spirit on us. It's talking about a different kind of death, spiritual death, and how God deals with spiritual death. That's what this Old Testament reading from Ezekiel is talking about. We tend to look at this vision that Ezekiel has and how this resurrection, if you will, of these dry bones takes place and perhaps we think, oh, this must be a reference to the last day when God will come back and raise up all the dead and reunite their souls with their bodies and they will live forever in the promised land of heaven. But it really is more about, in fact, it is about the spiritual death of Israel and what God is going to do to restore the nation of Israel. And as we look at it and apply it to ourselves and think about it in terms of world missions, because this also is a mission Sunday, we will see that, in fact, God revives dry bones. And we will look at the dry bones of Israel that come about because of their rejection of God and walking away from him. We will briefly talk about, is God even able to revive dry bones? And then we will lastly look at how he pours his spirit into the people with dry bones that they may live for him and serve him. So we begin looking at this. Ezekiel is, or he went to the, into captivity in Babylon probably about the age of 30. He had been ready to, or a little bit before age 30, the plan was for him to be a priest who was going to serve in the temple. And before he could ever realize that dream that he had been preparing for and waiting for, he was taken away in the second time that Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem and carried away a number of captives. There would be a third time, which would be the final time that he would come to Jerusalem and finally take away the people and destroy the city. But he is now in the land of Babylon. And in the opening chapters of the book of Ezekiel, we see Ezekiel by the river Chebar, or Chebar, and he says there also that the hand of the Lord is upon him. I want to take a moment and just talk about that term, the hand of the Lord, because I want to come back to that at the end this morning. When it talks about the hand of the Lord, it says the hand of the Lord was upon me. Same thing had happened at the very beginning when he had his first vision when God came to him. And when it says the hand of the Lord is upon me, it's talking about the hand which is the instrument of power that's going to take action. And so when he says the hand of the Lord is upon me, he's saying that God is now coming to me, laying his hand on me and saying, Ezekiel, I am going to do something through you. I am going to act on behalf of my people and I'm going to act through you. And so my hand is upon you. And in the earlier vision that he had toward the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, he had also been out in a valley. And he had proclaimed to God's people, this is the reason we're sitting here in Babylon instead of back in the promised land. And this is the reason now that we are in Babylon as captives instead of people that are free. And it's because of our rebellion against God. And he has slain us. He has allowed a foreign army to come in and Many of our people have been killed mercilessly, brutally. And it's because we walked away from God. Not that he walked away from us, even though it may seem to us sometimes that God has walked away from us. It's not his fault. We walked away from him. And after a number of chapters where it records his prophecies to the people of Israel, they are realizing what they have done. 
and they're coming to the conclusion, is there any hope left for us? And we feel like the very life has been sucked out of us. And the author of life, the God who said he would always be our God and the one from whom we walked away, is he there? Will he hear us? And will he ever restore us once again? So now God gives this message to Ezekiel. It is time now to bring another message to Israel. And he has this vision. And he goes out into this valley. Many commentators think it was the same valley that he went to at the beginning of his revelations, of his visions that he had. He's back out in that valley and now he sees the whole nation of Israel is slain. In fact, there's no one alive anymore. They are bones. It's a valley full of bones. And it says just many, many bones, just filled with bones. And as God walks with him through this valley, he says, not only are these a bunch of bones, but they're bones that are very dry. What does that tell us? It tells us that they had been dead a long time. It tells us that there's no life left. Dry bones are those where even the marrow of the bone has disappeared. These are bones that are probably at the last stages before they return to the dust, which is what God had told Adam would be his fate because of his sin. You'll return to the dust from which you came. That's what Ezekiel is now seeing in this valley, dry bones. Those dry bones represent not the physical death of Israel. These were people that were now living in Babylon. It reflects it's a picture of their spiritual death and how they had rebelled against God. And he had sent them prophet after prophet to call them to repentance, to tell them you cannot keep worshiping false idols, you cannot keep following the ways of your neighbors, you cannot keep ignoring me, you cannot keep ignoring all of these things that I provided you to keep you spiritually alive. You cannot neglect Passover. You cannot neglect the Sabbath. You cannot neglect the sacrifices that are made to remind you of the great sacrifice to come. You cannot do that with impunity. And the time finally came when he said, I will take you from your land, the land that I promised you that I wanted you to have. And that's not what they were experiencing and they were now spiritually dead, far from God. Until he helped them realize through prophets like Ezekiel in the land of Babylon to realize why they were in the predicament that they were in. And finally, them coming to their senses and saying, where is God? Can we possibly be revived? And now they're at the point where God can speak to them through his prophet Ezekiel and he can bring them the message of hope. And so we have this vision now that unfolds. But let's ask ourselves for a moment these dry bones. Does, is this just a reference to the nation of Israel? What's the message that we take from this valley of dry bones for ourselves? It's a little bit, I'll, I'll use the word tricky. I don't know if that's the best word to use. It's a little bit tricky when you're dealing with God dealing with a nation, an entire nation that was his chosen people, and how he deals with them as a nation, and how he deals now with people today. Because he doesn't always deal with nations, he deals more with us as individuals. We know that 
The church is made up of people that are being called to discipleship from all nations, but nowhere does God say that there will be one nation again that will be his special nation. His special people will come from all nations. So it's a little bit difficult for us to apply this, but let me ask you, have you ever felt that you've been abandoned by God? And did it ever get so severe that you felt like life was perhaps not worth living? Or that life didn't have any purpose? Or that you felt God had abandoned you? Or that you were nothing but a bunch of dry bones? Has that ever happened? I can imagine for many of you there might be something, a time in your life, and perhaps someone is even going through it right now, where you would say, yes, that's exactly how I felt or exactly how I feel. The Lord sometimes brings difficulties into life because we are Christians. We saw that in the epistle reading for the day at the end of that reading from Romans. And sometimes he brings difficulties into life as just a general call to repentance. Jesus once mentioned when they talked about those who, upon whom the Tower of Siloam had fallen, he said, you think they were worse sinners than you? But unless you too repent, you could face the same fate or something worse. See, God allows us to see a world, a fallen world, a world where people are living contrary to God's ways as a fallen world where calamity can strike, difficulties can come, and it is a general call to repentance. And then sometimes there is something specific, like with the people of Israel. They had specifically turned their backs on God, and he caused trouble to come into their lives. For many of us, Difficulties we face in life may be because we are confessing Christians and the world will turn against us. For some of us, it may be that we're just suffering a part of that general call to repentance. For others, I don't know, maybe sometimes, not always, but sometimes we have done something and we are now suffering the consequences of it and we feel perhaps that God has abandoned us and we too feel like dry bones, no life left. And just to bring this back to the world mission theme, I can tell you that we have mission work going on in countries where there are whole nations that are nothing but dry bones. You have people that have some kind of a semblance of religion, just like Israel had this semblance of religion, although they weren't observing all the things they were supposed to observe. And yet in spite of this semblance of religion, they are walking so far from God and They are nations that live with so many difficulties. The one that comes to my mind is the nation of India where we carry on work. Uh, People that have this semblance of religion, three million gods in Hinduism, and people that think they're going through all of the religious actions and ceremonies in, in order to somehow please the gods and have the gods bless them. And yet, they are so spiritually dead because they don't know the true God. A God who doesn't look to be served, but sends a Savior to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. But they see, we must serve our many gods. And they are but dried bones. 
I can name other mission fields as well. I will only mention one more to not prolong this, but in, the, in our work that we do in the Czech Republic. It's a nation that at one time was very religious, about the time of the Reformation. And after so many religious wars, they decided that it must be God to blame for all these wars. And our sons go off to war and they die in war. And so we want nothing more to do with God. We will walk away from him. That was not intentional, excuse me. We will walk away from him. Not realizing that those wars were not caused by God. They were caused by sinful people. Some of them perhaps even being Christian, certainly having the name of being Christian, carrying out wars that cost their sons their lives. They've turned their backs on him. It is a nation of dry bones that desperately needs the gospel. So this is the situation in which Ezekiel finds himself in this valley with all these dry bones, completely dried out. There is nothing there. And it looks like the only destiny for these bones is simply to, once again, return to the dust. And then the Lord says to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these dry bones live? And I love how this emphasis is on these dry bones. There's not even any marrow in them. There's just all dried out bones. Son of man, can these dry bones live? And when he asks the question, Ezekiel would probably say, um, in, in other words, he would say, I don't think so, Lord. I don't see how these dry bones can come back to life. But instead, he realizes this is the Lord God speaking. And so he says, Lord God, you know. You know whether they can live or not. You know what you're able to do. I don't know what you're going to do, but you know whether you're going to do something and what you're going to do. And that's the same question. I want to just briefly touch on this. That's the same question, really, that comes to us. Not so much about the nation of Israel and not about the vision of Ezekiel, but to ask ourselves when we see God at work in our lives and sometimes feeling a little bit abandoned by God, or having friends or neighbors that are far from God. And perhaps we've tried to share the gospel with them and they have not been very receptive. And God would say, do you think that these dry bones can live? And our answer has to be, Lord, you know. I don't know. Sometimes it looks to me like there's no hope. But you know, Lord. You know what you're able to do you know what you can do. You even know what you will do. I don't know. Show me. Show me. And that, true, that also is true in our world mission fields. In some of the world mission fields we go in, it seems like such a struggle. We work there. We work there for years. We have a pastor there. He's preaching God's word, and it seems like there's no fruit being born. And we say, dry bones, dry bones. Can God do anything? Or we look at a nation, again, like India, such a huge nation and so misguided and we say can God raise up these dry bones and bring them the life that comes through the gospel and our answer must be Lord you know I want to listen to what you say Lord you know what you're going to do there you know how you're going to work in the lives of my friends and neighbors and family members that are far from you. And so the Lord, in this vision, 
I am about to make. He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I am about to make breath enter you so that you will live. And as Ezekiel watches, he prophesies as God has told him to. He speaks God's word and he hears this noise and this rattling as these bones start connecting up with one another. I try to picture in my mind what that must have looked like with these bones that are scattered now and people that have have died and dry bones and probably separated from one another as they start rattling and moving and quaking, moving together touching bone to bone and then he starts seeing sinews attaching the bone to bone and he starts seeing the flesh come upon the bones and finally he sees these bones in the shape of human beings that are being clothed with skin but there's still something missing and it's the breath of life spiritual life spiritual life that's what they're missing and so it's time for for Ezekiel to prophesy once again and God says to him now you speak now our translation here says speak to the wind and the Hebrew word for wind is an interesting word same thing happens in the New Testament Greek the the word for wind is also the same as the word for breath I think the better translation is speak to the breath to come from the four corners of the globe. Speak for the breath to come and to breathe into them so that they have breath. And later on he talks about how he will put his spirit, which is also the same word. Wind, breath, spirit. All the same word, all the same concept. It takes us back to Genesis chapter 2 when God creates Adam and he fashions his body out of clay, but there's still something missing, the breath of God. And so the Lord himself breathes in and Adam becomes a living being because God has breathed the breath of life into him, the author of life, the one who makes us alive. And so the Lord says to Ezekiel, prophesy for that breath to come and to fill all of these people you see and the breath enters them and they're all alive and it says that they are a vast large army why does it describe them as an army instead of just a crowd or a group of people it's because soldiers are fit because soldiers are healthy and strong and what he's saying is when my spirit fills you You will have strength and you will have life and you will be filled with vigor. And that's what he sees happening with these dry bones now assembled into an army of people. And the Lord continues on. And he says, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They're saying our bones are dried up, our hope is lost. Prophesy and say to them that this is what the Lord God says. My people, I'm going to open your graves. This is not a reference to the last day. This is a reference to people who feel that they are dead and have no life left. And I will raise you up and bring you back to the soil of Israel. You're now in Babylon. I'm going to bring you back home and remind you of all these promises I gave you of the Messiah to come who will deliver you finally from sin and who will win for you true life. And we see Jesus talking about that with Mary and Martha. 
But the one who believes will, will never die, will never die spiritually. They're raised up. You, then you will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, my people, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. There, that is finally the solution to the problem of dry bones, is that God has to put his spirit into them that they might live again. And that's what he did through, through what? Through prophesying. Through Ezekiel's message that he would lift them up and give them hope once again. God will return you to the land that he has taken you from. You will go back. And you will remember the promises he made to send the Messiah that's been promised from the beginning of time after the fall into sin. And God makes them alive and they once again have hope. And eventually they do return to the land of Israel and they rebuild the temple. Not as grand as Solomon's temple, but nonetheless a temple. A temple where eventually Jesus would walk on the temple steps and walk in the temple courtyards. And we're outside of that temple on a hill called Calvary, not too far from the Temple Mount. He would finally make the ultimate and perfect sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. That's the same message that he gives to us when we are despairing. When you feel like, my life is nothing but dry bones, don't despair. Come back to God's word and listen to what God promises you, where he says, I will never abandon you. I'll never forsake you. You are mine. My son came to redeem you so that you are mine. He came to pay the debt that you couldn't pay, but he paid it for you. He came to give you the righteousness that you crave and that you need, but you could never do it on your own, so his is credited to you. And you are my people. And now you can live and serve me. And although there may be difficult days, I will bring you through them. Because my promise to you, and I always keep my promises, my promise to you is to bring you home to the home I've promised you for all of eternity. That's the same message of hope that we share when we carry out our world mission work. And it does bear fruit, sometimes quickly, sometimes much, sometimes slowly, sometimes a little, but God's word accomplishes what he intends it to accomplish dry bones around the world are being brought back to life. Not physical resurrections, but a spiritual life that once again comes to these people who've been spiritually dead and now know the living Lord and the eternal life which his son has won for them. I mentioned at the beginning I wanted to talk about the hand of God. Here's my question to you. You think the hand of God might be upon you in some way? to be able to carry his message into the world. Maybe it's a friend or a neighbor that you can talk to, maybe a co-worker for, for the younger ones here, maybe a fellow student that you know, that you too can carry the message of God to them and remind them of the Savior who has come to give them life. And if you cannot preach like angels, if you cannot speak like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can say he died for all. You can be like faithful Aaron holding up the prophet's hands with your prayers and with your bounties. Yes, the hand of God is upon you because you see you and I together 
once were dry bones, and now we've been made alive. And may we serve the God who has put his breath in us so that we live. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.